Welcome to the JMAC Tries Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the show dedicated to bring you weekly conversations of motivation and positivity with badass triathletes. I'm your host, Jason, aka J-Mac, and this is my pod. So here we are, episode number 24, Libby Dykes. She's iron underscore Tika on Instagram, and you'll learn why in a second. But before you listen to Libby, you have to make sure you listen to episode number 23 with Liz Hill. Reason being is when I recorded both these episodes a couple months ago, um, I had no clue when I was going to drop them. Sometimes I drop them right around the same time. Sometimes I mix them up depending on the situation of what's going on in the current world of triathlon. Well, ready for this? They both did Ironman 70.3. They both competed in the female age 45 to 49 age group, and they came in 43rd and 44th, a minute and 10-ish seconds uh, difference between the two of them. Pretty wild. Didn't even know it was going to happen like that. Uh, couldn't have planned it, even if I tried. So um, anyways, this is my conversation with Libby. Just another fun girl, fun woman, fun lady, just fun person. Um, how could she not have a great life? She immigrated from Costa Rica in her 20s, growing up in a pretty, I guess, poor situation. Um, moved up to Canada had a couple children, got married, moved on to the United States, had three more kids, and is just loving life. Uh, just competed in Ironman St. George 70.3, like I said. That would be her eighth. She's a two-time Boston qualifier, and she's currently training for her first Ironman. And if she's taught me nothing else, it's the uh, mantra of Costa Ricans, which is Pura Vida, which I totally butchered, but it means pure life. And it's just, we're all here, one life. That's what we got, so enjoy it. Um, Again, awesome conversation with Libby. You need to go follow her. Good time. Just another one, lovable, lovable lady. So before I get into Libby, make sure you go back and listen to Liz Hill. And also want to give a shout out to Zane Cycles for supporting my pod and my triathlon season. All right, guys and girls, without further ado, Libby Dykes. Hello, Libby. Pura Vida. Oh, yes. Pura Vida, Jason. You got it right. I did okay? <laughs> yes, you did. Great. Awesome. awesome. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This is going to be so fun. I'm excited. I am too. I mean, I just I was having fun offline talking to you and I wanted to, I didn't want it to end, but we had to get it start getting it recorded otherwise we're going to run out of stuff to talk about. So I know. Oh, don't worry. You won't run out of things to talk with me. 
<laughs> I I kind of noticed that offline, but th- that's th- this is going to be great. So I'm really excited. Oh well, thank you so much. Yeah, so let's just start with my butchering of um, your your quick Costa Rican uh, language lesson with me. Where, how long ago did you um, come over to the United States from Costa Rica? Well, it's kind of a long story to make it really short. I immigrated from Costa Rica to Canada first, and I lived there for seven years, and that's where I got married and have two of my daughters. And then we moved to the States after that to get more education. And we ended up really liking it and getting a really good job here. And we ended up staying in Utah. And we love it. It's so beautiful. So wonderful here. And is your husband from Canada or is he from Costa Rica or is he from the United States? He is. I know, he's actually from Canada, but his parents are from New Zealand and Australia. So we have a background from all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, he's a Canadian. He's a Canuck. Wow. And how long ago, I'm sorry if I totally forgot, how long ago did you move? How long were you in Costa Rica for before you moved to Canada? Oh, well, I grew up there and I lived there for 20 years. So I moved to Canada when I was 20. So it's very young. And it was after any education? Was that university or was that just to to get out? Yeah, I got um, all of my, well, not all of my education, in fact. I just got my high school diploma, and I went to some of the classes there, kind of like college, but I really was focused on trying to survive. My circumstances were not as amazing as far as, like, (laughs) you're able to go to college and, like, a normal kid would. I didn't have the same circumstances. I had to work full-time and help my little brother's to kind of survive with my mom. And so I had to work full time and I went to school as much as I could just take classes, random classes here and there. I ended up taking Italian, which I really love and it was kind of random, but I took English and Italian because I had this thing for languages. And so when I moved to Canada, I was able to continue my Italian um, for a while until I graduated in that. But I couldn't finish the other part of my college and all of that. I got that later on in my life. Wow. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I don't, I barely know English. So this <laughs> to, 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 to be able to speak three languages is pretty amazing. Yeah. It's exciting. I love languages, but um, in my Italian is totally rusty now. Don't ask me anything because <laughs> I don't get to practice it with anybody. I used to in Canada. There's a lot of immigrants there from Italy, and it was awesome to practice. But in Utah, not so much. But we still have Spanish and English. <laughs> okay. And now, were you on the and in Canada? Were you on the western part of Canada? Is that why you went to Utah? Uh, we were in the western part. We were in British Columbia. Yep, and absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's got to be an amazing part of the country. And then you moved south to Utah, which is oh, probably. No. Yeah, they're just very different. Like Canada, British Columbia, it rains and rains and rains a lot. (laughs) So therefore, it's green and beautiful and there's plenty of humidity and there's the ocean. And it's just a very diverse, um, actually not super diverse because (laughs) it rains a lot. (laughs) But when I moved to Utah, it was like so awesome because we get a lot of sunlight here. Like the sun is always shining most of the time. Even when it's cold, you can still see the sunlight. 
And I really love that. I kind of needed that in my life. <laughs> but yeah, there's two different beautiful areas. So, yeah. yeah, in in Utah. Now, so I I kind of found you on Instagram because I had Erica and Mary on my show. That's um, right. Yeah. And so you guys all train together out in Utah. Is that correct? Yes, we all train together mostly on the weekends because we all have our jobs and you know life happens with our families and everything. So it's hard to plan all the workouts together but on the weekends we try to do our longer runs or longer rides together and that really helps a lot to motivate each other to just kind of get it done and so much funner with people so much funner yeah especially them i mean i i had just had the great opportunity to speak to both of them and they just love life and it was just an awesome conversation yeah and and if i remember correctly so you were the one that Erica did the 4,000 yard swim with. Yes, it was a crazy 5,000 yards, actually. 5,000, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Sorry, get that right. No, no, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm known for telling people what to do. No, no, trust me. I, I, as a, <laughs> trust me. Yes, 5,000 it is. It was actually a great challenge. I did that as part of my team and core sports, and they were challenging all the women to do as far as they could possibly go. And, and I have never done more than 3,000 yards. So for me to do the jump to 5,000 yards swim was a great challenge. And it was awesome because the whole month of January, I stay motivated. I wanted to get in the pool even when it was freezing cold outside and early in the morning. It just motivated me to go and show up and get in the pool. And, and we ended up doing it together. And it was super fun. It actually turned out to be better than I expected. And what a great experience together. And we just broke it down into 10 sets of 500s. And it was doable. Everybody could try it. (laughs) And we used fins. And sometimes we used our snorkels. And we had our buoys and our paddles. And you just break it down like that. And life was good. It was pura vida. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That is, yeah, and and again, I think I, I remember I watched it. Uh, Erica posted it on Instagram stories, and um, she said you guys just had a blast doing it. I mean, as, <laughs> yeah. as, as you could have doing five thousand yards in a pool. I know. I think if I if I would have done it alone, I I would have done it, but it wouldn't have been a fun experience. And having her there to be such a support was huge for me. I asked several people, "Hey, who wants to do this? Who wants to do this? Hey, you want to try this?" you want to try this? And no one was responding and she did. And I'm like, Oh, I just love you. That's why we're friends. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the best type of friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great friendship. So before we go forward into what you're training for this year, I want to go, I want to set the stage. So you, okay. uh, when you guys moved to so you had two children when you were in Canada, then you moved to the United States. Is that where you ended up having your three boys? Yes. So my two daughters are Canadian. And when we moved to to Utah, we had our three boys. So I have now a 14-year-old boy, uh, my first American boy, and then I had a set of twins. Those were my last, my last child. I thought I was just going to have four kids, but it came in twos and we couldn't have been happier. They're just a bundle of fun. <laughs> Double fun. Wow. So, yeah, so- twins. Uh- are all five at home now? Or I think I saw maybe your daughter was going away or something like that. Yeah, yeah, actually. My oldest daughter, um, who's 
which is super hard for me to believe she's 20 and she is in Brazil. She is serving a mission for the LDS church, which is the church we have as our faith. And she's serving there for a year and a half. She's already been out for almost nine months. So nine more months to go. And then she'll come back and get back to college and regular life. And so that's my oldest. And, and so, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, good yeah. for her and, and good for you guys for supporting her to do that. That's got to be amazing. It's been a great experience for her. She's learned the language really, really well. She's just, what's so amazing about the whole experience for her is that she gets to see real world. You know, we are in Utah. We live in a very comforted, mm-hmm. uh, comfortable in what's the word, kind of like a little bubble where everything's yeah. so great and happy and and she doesn't get to see the world, like the real world, you know, poverty and struggles and a lot of experiences that unless you go and see it with your own eyes, you don't get to see it. And I think that is so valuable to me because I grew up in, in that environment. I grew up in poverty. I grew up with struggles and with environments that were not safe. And you have to kind of learn to survive. And And I am so grateful for for her I mean I I get scared for her at the same time but I have to be hopeful and I I believe that she'll be safe and and she's loving the people loving just everything about it it's been wonderful for her getting to know the culture the language and all of that it's been a great experience that's that's awesome yeah I think you you made a great point right especially for your background what you pretend what you probably grew up with um mm-hmm. and then where your family is and now you want to show them you know we we're all fortunate with what we have here um uh, my, my i'm same way with my daughter you know it's like yeah. she she lives in a little bubble but she appreciates <laughs> yeah. everything else around her we have to do that for our kids yeah i think that's super valuable you know especially when you're being given a lot and and i believe here in america if not all of us, I know there's still poverty, there's areas that struggle, I, I understand that. But uh, most of us live in abundance, in my experience, in my experience, you know, we grew up with like no shoes to go to school with, or I had to go to work to provide for my younger brother's shoes. To, so they have school shoes, you know, and I was like 16, yeah. 14 years old, and I had to help my mom with that. And but it taught me so much. And I, I don't regret that at all. I think that was super important for me to learn. And and appreciate now the many blessings of the much the abundance of things that we have here and and the resources that we have so yeah it's it's a great life it's pure it's pura vida <laughs> pura vida exactly but you know and what you know what yeah. Jason, so, sorry to interrupt i think no go even when we were growing up in poverty and even if though we didn't have a lot of luxuries or anything like that we were so happy at the same time in some aspects we always listened to music and people were helpful one to another and it was very traditional and you have all this you know very rich culture that help you survive through those hard times and so in a way yeah it was it was tough you know because we didn't have what most other people had but at the same time looking back was like a blast you know we can go back and laugh I laugh with my siblings about the things we have to go through you know the the rain boots we had to wear for school because we didn't have any other shoes or just different things and they're like memories now so that's that's wonderful I think great 
Well, I kind of, you know, I don't know a lot about you just from what I see on, on social, but I, I got that from you just in some of your posts and your, your stories. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you and I started going back and forth and your comments, you just, you just <laughs> love life. And that's what I, I love about you. I wanted you Uh-oh. on my show to just talk about, you're just so happy. I'm sure there's obviously, <laughs> you're not always happy, but um, you just, you you just seem like you just enjoy everything. I mean, who the heck enjoys a 5,000 yard swim, but you do. <laughs> I do. I do. You got to you got to when you just have a little bit of passion for something, life is so much better, even if you're suffering and in pain. And this is why I feel like for my first Ironman that I'm planning and hoping to do, I just want to soak it all in and experience it. And I get to do a triathlon. I'm I to have legs and a heart that is healthy and lungs to help me get through it. And in a brain that's going to have so much power to think of all the positive experiences I've had in my life to get me to that race in the midst of the pain. I, I just get so excited about that. Um, I, I love it. I think it's a wonderful opportunity I've been given and I hope that I can help anybody else along the way because people need yeah. to know how good it is. <laughs> Yeah, I think the fact that we could we we have the opportunity to f- to feel that pain that just we're so lucky, <laughs> and yeah. pe- people think we're crazy, but yeah, we are very fortunate to have that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. So, so tell me what Ironman you are training for. Okay, so I chose Boulder because it is closer distance to Utah, and we can drive. I can drive with my kids and take our bikes and all of that there, but also because it's absolutely beautiful. I've never been there, but I, I have heard that it's so, so pretty. And I think it, it will be a great area for me to, to start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I have no doubt you're going to survive, but so let's, let's go back. So you've done seven 70.3s. Yeah. Yeah. And and in that whole mix, you've also qualified for Boston twice. Yeah, I qualified the first time at a at a more of a local race and a marathon, but I qualified by one minute. And you know how Boston is. You have to qualify by, by your number plus extra minutes so that you can get in. Yep. <laughs> so it was kind of like discouraging because I finally made it, you know, qualified and feel awesome. And then only to find out that later it's like, oh, I needed that time plus two or three extra minutes just as a buffer to make mm-hmm. sure I get in. So I didn't bother, you know, like I, I'm like, okay, great. And then I just barely on in October, I did the St. George Marathon. And that one is a tough course. I mean, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But the first part is not really a flat course. I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has a couple of good hills. And if you don't pace those right, you can just burn a lot of matches going up to those hills. And then you need to have enough gas in the tank to push it really hard in the second half because it's a great downhill, but with some flats as well. And so... I was able to manage to pace it right and qualified, and I'm excited. I'm going to go to Boston hopefully next year. And I, I qualified by 10 minutes, and I don't mean to brag at all. Holy crap. No, you I should. 10 minutes. I just, it's just because I'm old. That is the only reason why. How old are you? Do you really need to know? Uh, yeah, that's part of the prerequisites coming on my show. We need to know how old you are. I'm 43. I'm 40. I'm 40. I will be 45 this July. 
yeah. <laughs> you're you're my age. See, this is we're all in the same boat here. This is this is but this is not this is like the toughest area, you know, thirty five yes. to forty five fifty is is this is where all the all the real fast people hang out. I know. Well actually I'm so surprised. I heard I was with my team in San Diego, my core sports team, and talking to this woman. They were my age and they're like, Oh yeah, the woman age group to qualify to Kona, they're like crazy fast and they're like from 40 to 45 and and i'm like oh wait so getting older doesn't help me to qualify it's just like no it gets more and more competitive for women to get to kona and i was like okay well so maybe i'll still wait for way older but that's okay um i will let that discourage me <laughs> yeah no it's it's, it's only gonna worse because when, when we're all 75 we're know. all still gonna be doing this so know, we're all gonna right? be up there racing the same the same I'm speeds that when i'm 80 82 ish maybe by then i can qualify and then you'll see me in kona hey there's iron tika crossing the finish line <laughs> and our kids will be yeah, ahead of us though so. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great you know i i just have to be hopeful <laughs> yes so how did you let's go i want to go back again how did you okay. get into all these endurance sports oh that's a good question so when i had my third child here in utah i uh, had a friend that wanted to do a marathon and i'm like there's no way i'm interested in doing that but i will i'll start training with you you know i'll start running with you i did it mostly because she's a really good supportive friend and at that time i had never run in my life not to the corner of the street <laughs> never really nothing never. at all and I was I think I was 32 years old and my son was a baby and I I told her well I'll come and train with you some days and maybe you know just so that you don't have to run by yourself all of those days and so I started with her and halfway the training she's like you know what you're already training this much but why don't you just do the whole marathon with me and I'm like <laughs> I still don't want to do that but I'll continue training with you because I'm a good friend <laughs> And then towards the end of the training, I'm like, you know what? You're right. I already freaking did all of these miles. Might as well try it. So we went and did the marathon. It was my first marathon. It took me five hours. And it was amazing. I thought I conquered the world. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Stop for a second. So your first running race ever was a marathon. Yeah. That was my first one. <laughs> okay. And I never experienced, like I didn't know. I did nothing else but running those three or four days a week i didn't do any cross training or lifting or anything i was just dying after every run and i just like okay i survived that but i was kind of surprised that i could do it because i grew up with asthma and i yep. always was told oh you don't run because you have asthma because you you cannot breathe you know if you run <laughs> so i had i grew up with a lot of fears and issues that i thought there was no way i could run so when i started i was very surprised that i could do a little bit more and a little bit more and, and so that's how I started running and then I became more of a runner but I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever do a triathlon that was just so completely out of my brain until okay. I was yeah sorry no 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 so I'm just like I'm uh, you can't see my face but I'm just like thinking of all these questions to ask you <laughs> oh yeah ask away <laughs> So, so, okay, so you've never ran before, so you do your first marathon. I'm assuming you've never really swam or biked before? Oh, man, no. <laughs> You're kidding? I never went to a single pool. Like, growing up, I think I went to, like, three pools, and that's because my aunts took me. 
because there was never money for my parents to take us swimming anywhere. So I think I went and I never even get to the deep part of the pool. Like I wasn't going to tell that to anyone because I was embarrassed, but I <laughs> didn't know how to swim until I turned 40. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my friend, actually my awesome friend, Erica, she's the one that encouraged me to go and, and swim. She's like, just come and play with us. And I'm like, you know, I don't know how to swim. Right. And she's like, well, so what? Just come and play with us. But she probably thought, oh, she knows how to swim. She just doesn't know how to right the technique really well. But what did she didn't know is that she, I literally never been at the deep part of the pool. Like I never been. <laughs> and looking back, it's like, how did I even? Anyway, so she encouraged me and she stepped on the lane halfway the pool where it was deep because I would not go any farther after that point <laughs> and so she's like here I'm here you can just come to me so I started swimming towards her and back to the shallow part of the pool it's so embarrassing oh my gosh so embarrassing but I I just grew a little bit stronger and got a little bit better with a lot of perseverance and continue showing up to the pool until I was able to make make it to the other side of the length of the pool and then before I knew it I could do one, two laps, and then have a break, and then continue five laps. And I just developed this, like, passion for, like, wanting to learn the skill. Because I'm like, I'm getting old, man. I don't want to just, I don't want to just be, like, settled into this, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was a middle-age crisis Mm -hmm. issue there. But I had to learn how to swim. And then she's like, well, you can do your first triathlon, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm just learning how to learn. I'm just learning how to swim because of the skill, not to do a triathlon. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's how I start swimming. And then after a while of learning the swimming skill, we did a sprint triathlon together. Um, But it was really slow. And at that point, I also had to learn how. Oh. I didn't mention this, but I think it's worth saying, okay? Just because Mm -hmm. my life is that amazing. You know, it's exciting when you get your first bike, you know, when you're a little kid. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't get my first bike until I turned 40. My husband surprised me, gave me this bike, and I had to learn gears, and I had to learn how to sit, you know, I didn't know how to use a bike properly. Oh, my gosh. I think I felt like five times the day we went to the park around and I started crying and I'm like, I can never learn how to drive a bike this way. And he's like, you can do it, honey, you can do it. And I'm like, but this sucks, you know, you're in the ground. Right. <laughs> and um, it was really difficult, but it was my first bike. I never owned my own bike before and it just didn't mean the world to me. And I just thought, okay, I'll just give it one more chance and then I will go the next day and try it again and so the bike and the swim was kind of new to me. It, well, so was the run, because you didn't even run your entire life. So. <laughs> but at this point, I had already run a few marathons, and I had built a confidence in running. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I still learned it when I was later in my life. So, yeah. That's awesome. See, I t- and, you know, it's funny. I reached out to you. You said, I'm not that amazing. I'm not that fast. I'm like, bullshit. You're crazy amazing. I mean, you have... You at thirty, you you do your first marathon. Never swam before. Never even owned a bike. No, 
so so you so erica gets you to do your first sprint mm-hmm. and knowing you you're probably like hooked as soon as you finish you're like oh my god that was awesome i'm gonna yeah. do like something else yeah i did i was hooked and she was training this is back a few years ago and she was training for her first half ironman in st george and she you know she got me into it and i signed up for that totally petrified of the open waters <laughs> totally petrified but then I'm like, well, she got me into this mess. She taught me how to how to swim and teach me a little bit of the this bike things. And I I'm just gonna take another big huge leap of faith and go for it and see what this takes me. And if I die in the process, I die trying, happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't die, and I got hooked for sure. I got hooked. It was just wonderful. And, and you did six more after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I, I don't have like the power in my legs to push for speed or, you know, I wish I could be that much stronger. I really do. And I try, I try, I have a, an amazing coach right now who is really teaching me about cadence and teaching me to do better in my bike. And I have seen improvement. Um, so I'm excited that she's been so great to help me. And so when is, um, when is Boulder? What, what month is Boulder? In? Boulder is, um in june june 10 so i was counting the weeks and it's 10 weeks from now from this week yeah i was gonna say that's like almost (laughs) (laughs) i just felt like a little slightly nauseous but it's (laughs) so good it's so good you just have to keep on saying pura vida pura vida pura vida (laughs) holy cow yeah you gotta say a lot of pura vidas Um, yes So, so your um, obviously your your first goal is to finish this as anybody that's going to do a, any type of race. Yeah. But um, knowing what you've done, and you know you qualified for Boston twice and done some seventy point threes, are you you know what are you looking to do when you go into this Ironman? Um, that's a great question. I want to just finish, not just finish. I want to be able to feel confident in the open in the open water because it's a lot more a longer distance i want to be able to have just a good swim and by by good i don't mean necessarily in speed but mm-hmm. in how i feel during the water i don't want to have an issue i want to stay positive and stay calm and finish coming out of the water happy even though i know it will be tiring and i'm you know you can never predict exactly how things can go on an ironman because one thing can go right in the next minute. Things can change. I expect that to happen in my race where some things may not go according to plan. That's part of my plan <laughs> to expect mm-hmm. some things to go wrong and, and to be able to handle it well. And one of my biggest goals is to go in with confidence because you don't know this about me, but for many years I have suffered from lack of confidence. You know, like I fear this and I fear this and I have anxiety about this and I'm like freaking out about this and and I just I'm building up my confidence um with just different resources like I've been reading the book um the brave athlete mm-hmm. um calm the f down <laughs> and it's awesome we just were in San Diego with the core sports team and Leslie Patterson and Simon Marshall were there and they train us and I had a really great conversation with them and and they were just so positive. And I've been reading their book and it's been super helpful to me. Just write down all the things that go into my head that try to mess up with what I can accomplish. And I think a lot of us let things in our brain get in the way. And that's what I've been trying to focus on 
getting that confidence in knowing that I am able and capable of accomplishing this and and who knows, you know, maybe continue doing them in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you nailed it right there, Libby, with the with the mental confidence. Everybody I've been speaking to on this show, we don't really talk a lot about a lot about physical training because all of us are doing it right. So whether our yeah. background is sports or is not sports related. But I think <laughs> as we get older, we're not old yet, we're all older. Um, mm-hmm the mental equation comes into play and that's where we get smarter with our training and smarter with our recovery. And yeah. it actually helps us become better athletes. And that's why we continue to get faster. I think as our, yeah. we're getting older. I, I love it. And yesterday I listened to Jesse on his podcast mm-hmm. and at the very end, he says something that I was like, there I am growing. I am growing as an athlete because I have been having back issues for a very long time. And recently I had this long, like El Palomar is a mountain where you climb and I was super excited to go and do it, but my back was killing me right from the beginning. And I keep pushing, pushing, pushing to just not be the one quitting, you know, because there was no way I wanted to quit. (laughs) Every part of me wanted to make it to the top, every part of me. But then it got to the point where the pain was just getting really so bad that I had to make the wiser decision and put my pride and all of that on the side and, and tell myself, okay, if I continue, I might be down and not able to train for a week or two, or I can stop and be happy w- with what I have accomplished so far, which was three quarters of the ride up. And it's already, it was probably about 3,400 feet of elevation gain that I have already accomplished. And I have pushed a lot more than I even thought I would. And I feel so great about that. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm good. Now I push as far as I could. And now I have to be smart because if I continue just to get the workout done, then I'm going to do something stupid. And I was able to back down and be okay with that decision and feel like someone that is cautious when they know when to stop is it's, it's a way of showing how you're growing as an athlete and go, getting to know your body and understanding your limits. And when he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy that, you know, I did what I did and how I handle it. Because mentally, sometimes you're like, oh, I know I could have gone to the very top. But then the price would have been later on, you know, I cannot take care of my family. And today I clean up my whole freaking basement. No problem. I did a little bit of dancing in the process. And it was awesome. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you're and you're so right. I mean, that was yeah, that was the last conversation, uh, the last question that I asked Jesse Thomas. Which I'm gonna, as we're wrapping this up, yeah. you get the same question. But yeah, the, his answer was, you know, as athletes, as endurance athletes, we could we know we could push ourselves, but it takes more power to actually hold ourselves back. Right. It, it only takes us being older and wiser. <laughs> to be able to do that yeah I felt pretty much like he nailed it and and is so smart it was such a great comment I loved it cool so listen Libby as we're as we're wrapping this up I I I need to ask you now the final question that I asked him and everybody else on my show okay so knowing everything you know now and you're 46 years on there 45 years on this earth yes (laughs) if you could go back to your very first day of we'll go back to your very first day of marathon training um, and you could tell yourself then as a 30 year old what you know now what would it be oh man that's 
that's so hard. I, I have so much to say, but I only, uh, let's see. <laughs> I, I think the thing that has gotten me through so much um, in this far is just believing and being completely dedicated. So first you need to believe that you can accomplish your goals and not let anything or anyone discourage you from it. Even when they don't believe in you, even when they doubt it and laugh at you, you have to just keep doing it because of you, because that's what you want. If that is what you want. And second, you do have to be willing to put the effort and the dedication. And I think in that sense, I might not be the fastest. I might not have podiums winning or whatever, but I do have dedication, determination, and I am willing to put in the effort. And I love that. And you grow as you do it. You grow so much stronger because of it. So that's what I'll say. Just keep on believing that you can. Don't let your brain get in the way of your goals. That's awesome. And, you know, it's funny. So this is, we're going to be in the 20s by the time I, I, I release this podcast. And everybody has a different answer to this question. I think it's so cool. Um, and, I, and I love yours. So Libby, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. I, it's been so fun talking to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Such a blessing to to be a part of this too. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure. We're, we're part of an awesome, tight community of endurance idiots. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to know that we could all do it and, and, and be around each other and have a smile on our face. So uh, Libby Dykes, you are Iron Tika yes. on, um, on Instagram. And I want people to go follow you, follow your journey to Ironman Boulder. And I look forward to seeing you, how you're going to do and, and in the future as well. Thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure for me to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll leave it with Pura Vida, right? Yeah, Pura Vida, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Libby. There you have it. Another fun episode on my pod. This time with Libby Dykes. Just a great woman. Ah, just laughing, smiling, loving life. Pure Vida. And it was a great time talking with Libby. So make sure you go follow her. She is Iron underscore Tika. She's also trying to win a trip down to Ironman Costa Rica 70.3. So go check out Ironman Costa Rica 70.3 on Instagram and learn more about that trip. And make sure you listen to Liz Hill as well. And these two ladies coming in 43rd and 44th this past weekend at Ironman St. George 70.3. All right, everybody. As always, thank you much for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for the five stars. And uh, that's all I have for you today. All right. Until next Tuesday, this is J-Mac. Talk to you soon.